Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome, welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find us, listen to our live programs and our archived episodes. The number to call to listen live by phone is 515-605-9375. You can also catch us online at blogtalkusa.com and our Blog Talk radio channel blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa and you can find us in podcast form on Twitter or I'm sorry on Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Radio. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at blogtalkusa and on Facebook blogtalkusa. All the same all across the board and we are ready for tonight's show. We have an exciting guest possibly too. Uh, Let me give you to your host my mother, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Rihanna. I just love how you open things. I tell you, you're just so amazing. <laughs> and you. it's always, you make, you make Monday so marvelous. It is great to be oh. on tonight. We probably will have three guests uh, on tonight. Uh, we just want to keep all of our community so well informed and the first guest, you probably will recognize uh, the name, but, uh, but before we get started, Ms. Rihanna, we want to make sure that all of our listeners all across the board everywhere, because we have people everywhere, we want them to get into a nice, quiet room and settle down so that we don't hear any background noise. And if they're not speaking, we want them to mute. There's a little mute button on most of everybody's phone. I know the smartphones have it. And just mute that button, that little microphone, just press it, and then that'll take the sound out, and then we'll have a great show that we could hear all of this amazing information that's going to come in. And then, of course, we have our, one of our regulars. We're going to make her part of this show permanently, Miss Rihanna, and that's Miss Jean Russo out of Wisconsin. And so she's going to come on with one of her very special guests uh, from her speakers bureau. And we had him on Thursday, and we're going to have him uh, for half an hour, the second half hour from 8.30 until 9 o'clock is when we're going to have him. And then uh, then the next hour, we're going to have the physician that's uh, from out of uh, California that started our show, well, spoke a few minutes on last week, and we wanted him to come back because he has such viable information in regards to uh, COVID-19. Prayerfully, everybody is doing well. Uh, We have found out that people that we know up close and personal have tested positive and have been in the hospital uh, getting treatment. We had one of our veterans who was discharged out today, and we're, we're prayerful and thank God for that. 
that uh, she was able to succumb and is now continuing to be in quarantine in her home. Uh, our, our encouragement, and we'll talk a little bit about that when the, the physician comes on, but if people can just stay in place, Miss Rihanna, just uh, just hunker down, yeah. clean out your drawers, clean out your closets. There's all kinds of work that uh, we're, we live such busy lives that we don't always have time to do. So there's a lot of time that we can uh, spend reading and just uh, empowering yourself uh, in the word, just whatever you can find to do, do it, except for going out into the public. Go out there only when you need those uh, groceries and you need that prescription refilled or whatever. And, and most people even can have their prescriptions mailed to their home. And speaking of mail, when you get that mail, uh, make sure you clean those hands and, and even put on, I put on gloves when we uh, deal with the mail, and then we wash really good yeah. after that. So with that being said, yeah. we're ready to get going. And let me just give you a little brief. You'll remember this name, one of our great supporters when I ran for United States Congress uh, in the name of Miss Reggie Kemp from out of Fort Worth hosted a fundraiser there for me, and just she and her family were just always 100% supportive of me. Her family actually hails from East Texas. Her father is a veteran, and so, uh, so we thank her and we appreciate her. And with that being said, we're going to ask her to press one, and when she presses one, then that will, she'll be in your queue, uh, Miss Rihanna. And so, Miss Reggie Kemp, if you're there, welcome to Marvelous Monday. Thank you for having me, Ms. McKellar. I'm so yes, excited. Thank you for being Well, I'm so excited as well. And, Ms. Rihanna, just to give you a little briefing, uh, Ms. Kemp is actually preparing uh, to have a community conversation. Some people may call it a town hall meeting, uh, and that's what it is, and I call it real community conversations. And so she is an entrepreneur, has owned a business there in Fort Worth, Texas, has done amazing work uh, all, all over the place. You will find her out there in D.C. when we're out there doing the Congressional Black Caucus, so you may have seen her, Ms. Rihanna. But Ms. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Reggie, I want you to just open up by telling us exactly something about you, what you want us to know, and then we'll get busy and talk to you about your town hall meeting. Go ahead. Okay. Very good. Well, my name is Reggie Stern Kemp, and um, I am an entrepreneur, and I've been an entrepreneur for practically all my life, and I'm a third-generation entrepreneur, so it's very important to me. But through this journey, I've had a company, and I was uh, in a position to sell the company, and I've transitioned out of that. And as a result, I've opened up a new company called Red Development Group. And it is a company that focuses on business people, entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. You don't have to be a female, but we found that that is our niche. And because we have a development, a business development firm, we thought it was so important that we crafted something for business owners. We are in uncertain times as far as they're concerned and they want to be informed. They need a community. We need the right information. We need to go, know where to go to get the information, and we need to feel confident about the information that we get. So we thought it was so important that we put something together that meets our needs. Did I lose you? No, no, you didn't. Yeah. What I do is okay. I always mute as, I mute as well, okay. so it will take a few minutes for me to get back to you. But thank you for that opening. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, do you have something to say before we get, get started with the interview with uh, Ms. Reggie? Is that, Ms. 
Okay. She, uh, okay. She said I addressed it. And, and that is okay. that we, we can get a good, clean recording so that when we send you that link that you'll, you won't hear any background noises. So I, I repeat this and I say to everybody that's listening on and we got we got regular listeners that are here every week week in week out and so many of them know that but we tell them to find us find you a nice quiet place and get seated that way when you don't hear any background noises when you're moving around and those kinds of things so um let me ask you the yes ma'am let me ask did you bring your business partner with you no, it's just me tonight. No. We okay. are just feverishly okay. now working. <laughs> we are feverishly sure. now working on our community forum. But the name of exactly. it is going to be called the Red Talk Business Community Forum, and it's going to be this Friday, April the okay. 4th, from Correct. 2 to 4. Yes, from okay. 2 to 4. And so okay. it will only last an hour, but then we'll debrief after that. But it's just, uh, you know, the times are uncertain a lot of business owners have a lot of questions, and we just want to make sure that now that we're going to be quarantined for another 30 days, possibly, we want to make sure that we provide information that will uh, give them things to work on and toward, but not live and operate in a state of panic. Um, so, Great. So then let me have say this. Then that, right. I was just going to say, so I think you just really outlined why you decided to have this forum. So can you yes. share with us uh, some of the uh, persons that you've already spoken with that's going to be part of that forum? So, you know, we're, we're moving swiftly on this, and some of them have received their emails but have not responded. So I'll tell sure. you our uh, planned list, and we have on here from uh, yourself, of course, Councilwoman well, Shirley Keller. You. Thank you, mm-hmm. And in Austin, we have Sharonda, representing Austin, we have Sharonda Robinson. And we didn't think it was enough just to have it to be a community forum in which it included only people from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So exactly. we kind of included the major cities throughout Texas. So, so what you did Arlington, is you went north, north, south, east, west is what I hear you saying. You went all across we Texas did. and picked people. Okay, very good. Go ahead. We did because you know it, it because it's the pandemic. Everybody's affected, and so since yes. we're in the state of Texas, we need to get the right information throughout the state of Texas, and then we all need to move forward, hopefully at the same time, so that we we don't suffer large amounts of uh, dan- damage or delayed time or setbacks or anything like that. And to be honest with you, I feel very excited about the times that we're in now. I believe it's going to be the emergence of some new economies, and I also believe that it'll just teach us how to do things differently and possibly better. Uh, Pivoting doesn't always mean that, uh, you know, we can keep the same vision and just approach it, uh, use a different strategy to approach it. So I think it's going to be a good thing. So some of the other people we have, uh, Colette, she's another founder of Red Development Group. She will be on the panel. We have Alvester Gibson. He's the chamber, the Balk Springs, president of the Balk Springs Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we have a phone call out to uh, Ronnie DeManna. He's with Plains Capital Bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have an invite going to Judge Stacy Williams from Dallas, Texas. And Excellent. an invite for con- mm-hmm, congressional candidate Adrian Bell out of Houston. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. an amazing lineup. 
uh, that you have. Tell us how this is going to take place. And possibly we have Miss Rihanna, uh, our engineer, uh, may be able to, we may be able to uh, bring the radio station in to uh, broadcast it live. Tell us exactly how it's going to happen because everybody knows that we're not out there and about uh, being involved with one another, uh, that there's right. a lot of ways that we can do things. So tell us exactly how that uh, town hall meeting is going to take place. Okay, very good. And I think earlier I said April the 4th. Friday is actually April the 3rd. That's and true. it's going right. to be a live, mm-hmm, yeah, and it will be a live webinar. And so we will be using the Zoom platform. It's a video conferencing online platform, easy to download mm-hmm. as an app onto your phone mm-hmm. or your computer. And uh, when we do that webinar, we will live feed into Facebook. So you can join us in the Zoom room or you can join us through Facebook Live. And, yeah, so, uh, we, mm-hmm, and so we will work together with everybody on the panel. Hopefully they have like a, a social media, media strategist or somebody who manages their social media. And so we will have conversations, and we will make sure that all of them uh, have watch parties so that if you feel like you can't navigate or find it, if you knew one of the panelists, you can, you know, become friends with us or whatever, and you can watch their watch party. So we have a, um, yeah, we have a plan that we're going to work for social media once we connect with everybody. Excellent. So will there be a flyer that we can put on our Facebook pages and on our websites? And as well as if you could tell us what your Facebook page is so that we can send people uh, to that, uh, that Facebook page as well. Very good. You can find us at Red Development Group. And, uh, and, and that's exactly, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And YouTube, okay. and that's Red okay. Development Group. You will and also R-E- now R E D Red R E D capital R E D, and then mm-hmm. the word development, and then group. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it. so what I what I failed to mention is that we're also it's it's two hosts. It's Red Development Group, and then the Metro Report. They are an online publication. Their headquarters is in Fort Worth, Texas, but they are a host company as well. So you can also go to the Metro Report to their publication, or you can go uh, to their Facebook, or you can go to their website. But for the purposes of the event on Friday, uh, Facebook and Zoom would be the two. And so what we can do is we can provide you with a link. So, you know, if they go directly to your site, you have the link and everything else. And the graphics will be released. You'll probably see them uh, Tuesday after 4 p.m., on until Friday. Outstanding. So the people that you have, I can see that you have some public figures, you have some entrepreneurs, you have some elected officials or political uh, candidates. Uh, Ms. Adrienne Bell, which is one of my dear friends, we ran uh, Congress together. And so she's doing Mm -hmm. an amazing job and continuing, she's continuing that fight. But uh, the, the question that I want to ask is, will the, uh, be able to send in questions for, for the persons that you have on uh, your community, uh, well, I just say town hall meeting, on the town hall meeting, yes. or will, will it just, okay, so they will. So they will. So we'll have a set of questions that they will answer that day, 
And then we okay. will take questions from the audience, whether it be right. via Zoom or chat or, you know, Facebook. Live. We will take questions. Now, we won't be able to answer all those questions in an hour. Sure. But then that's sure. where the Metro report will come in, and they will take those questions, group those questions, and the ones that were asked most frequently, he will respond to those in his online publication. Excellent. So the Excellent. conversation will not end. The conversation will not end you know, once the event is over, the conversation will continue to happen, but it will be online through the e-magazine, the Metro Report. Okay, outstanding. Ms. Rihanna, do you have any questions? I, I love how you have put this together, laid out your plans, and so we're, we're excited about it, and we're, we're very excited about the fact that you reached out down here into East Texas, which is, which is your, your grounds. Uh, as you yes. mentioned, uh, and you come from a generation of three, three generations of entrepreneurs. I know your family and know how well they have done here in the East Texas area, Rust County uh, to be exact. So I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that you're including your heritage and your legacy here in yes. East Texas as part of that. Uh, tell us uh, once again the exact date and time and, and once again, how people can tune in, because that's really crucial. And then if we can get a flyer of some kind so that we can help to push that out there so we can bring as many people into your town hall meeting as possible. And so this is great because many people that would not, even if, like you say, these times, are, maybe they're, they're crucial times, maybe they're trying times to people because they're having to stay at home, but there is always a reason why things happen. And so I agree with you that that there's going to be some changes made. Our our lives are going to be entirely different from what it has been. Any comments uh, in regards to the COVID-19? Well, you know, I have a lot of comments. uh, And and so I don't know uh, from which you're referring, but, you know, for years I own a cleaning company. (laughs) And so for me, I'm surprised. That's where I was going. Okay, go ahead. Right. And so for me, I'm not surprised that we have a a visitor called Corona because, you know, for years uh, we have had the um, challenge of being in environments that aren't sanitized or clean. Mm -hmm. And most people Mm -hmm. don't realize that the cleaning industry is not a a regulated industry, which means there is no standards in the cleaning industry. Now, the healthcare industry understood that it was important because they were losing people to death. They would come in for one illness, but they would leave with another disease because the environment was not clean and sanitized and disinfected. So they understood that, and they came up with regulatory standards. When it comes to uh, restaurants, they came up with regulatory standards for their kitchens, right? Mm -hmm. But for Mm -hmm. for, uh, community facilities, Throughout the world, there is nothing that provides a standardized method by which people agree and follow. And the reason why that's so important in that industry, it's an industry where most of the people that are working are minority immigrants or minority ethnic, you know, of the minority background. So so with that ethnic ethnic minority, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm getting tongue-tied. So what that means is that they have been taught one way. We've been taught another way. Then if you have different age groups, they've been taught. So nobody's doing it the same way. 
So sure. who's, who's to say that something is clean? And then there's different um, – whenever you clean, there's something called a dwell time. And whenever I say that, people are like, well, what are you saying? I know what when you're you, Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. When you and, – and there's three different types of clean. There's cleaning. Cleaning just removes uh, debris and dust and things like that from surface and objects. But then sanitizing is something very different in which it eliminates germs. It doesn't totally kill germs. And then mm-hmm. disinfecting mm-hmm. comes and kills germs. So most people don't even realize that that's a part of the, you know, the process. But when I sure. say dwell time, then that means that if you, so for instance, something that's really dirty is possibly a toilet seat. So if you're a commercial cleaner or even you're cleaning in a residence, if you clean and you spray and you wipe, that means that mm-hmm. that toilet's not sanitized. It was right. wiped, <laughs> but you right. know, it, is it free from germs? Possibly not. So there, you know, there are just so many things that um, really need to happen. People need to be aware first, and uh, things need to change. However, that's not going to be overnight. So people need to learn right. how to personally protect themselves right now. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's not about washing your hands. No, it's not. But it starts there because every, every surface you touch with your hands. So exactly. that's why there's such a big emphasis on you washing your hands because every surface you touch nine times out of ten has not been sanitized mm-hmm. or disinfected. So it, it has <laughs> ecosystems of germs, right? It's not just germs. It's ecosystems. You know, so that's a whole People don't even realize, even in your, even though you're quarantined now in your home, right. you need to practice um, cleanliness, you know, because now you're home. Mm-hmm. Your house is probably just a little dusty because we had just approached the spring, so you hadn't started doing your spring cleaning. And so, you know, with that being said, you need to know how to dust. You shouldn't just use a feather dust and kick all that dust up. Well, corona is a, a disease that affects your respiratory system. You know, so it's, 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 you know, my grandfather used to tell me that there is an art to everything. I don't care what you do. Yes. And when Even he says the art, there's right? a process <laughs> and a way that's right for you to achieve things. And if you don't know the right way, then yes. you could be, it, it could be effortless. You're doing worse, something. Huh? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's why that's, I wanted you to speak on. See, I knew I was opening that up because I knew I knew what type of business that you were in, and it's so yeah. it's so crucial for us to make sure that our own personal environment is kept. Can you dialogue just a little bit about uh, the dangers of wearing your shoes inside of your home? Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> Asians, they do that so well where they, you know, you, you enter their house, they take off their shoes, all their shoes at the door. And, you know, some people right. in our uh, society, you know, we want you to take off your shoes so you won't mess up our carpet. Well, the reality <laughs> is whatever debris, dirt, germs that you can leave at the door, you really need to do that. Um, exactly. You know, shoes are important, but at this point, you almost really need to drive into your garage, take off everything, and then walk into your house. But it's important exactly. that you have a doormat. Yeah, it's important that you have a doormat at your door, there so you that know. you can wipe the bottom of your feet. And if you can take those shoes off before you allow your feet to step into your home, because there you're you leaving go. a lot of um, 
a lot of dirt and germs, and specifically if you're a pet owner. You know, uh, not only do you need to leave your shoes at the door, you also need to prevent your pets from jumping on your sofa and your bed and uh, and your counter because oftentimes when they're outside, um, when they do tests, they find E. coli on the bottom of their feet. You know, so you're bringing all that into your home and you're just, you know, yeah. And so it's I'm so glad that you don't. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that out, Miss Reggie. I wanted you to dialogue on that. Uh, being a medical person, I never, I, I never thought the whole time I practiced, I, I did just what you said, took everything off, dropped it right in the wash every single evening that I came home. I never brought the germs from the hospital setting where patients were and brought it home to my family. And to this day, I wear socks inside of my house. I do not wear shoes because our feet have been everywhere, right? And so we don't know what's been on the ground uh, that we're walking on. And people never even stop to think about where all our feet have been. Right, and especially pet owners. I mean, yes. your shoes are one thing, but pet owners. And, and I have, I have, I have a pet, and I do love dogs. But um, <laughs> yes, there, sure. there are certain things that have to be off limits because you have to remain healthy. And you yes. know what? But what I think is so interesting is okay. So I'm a brand ambassador for TNKA, and that stands for Transnational Kempt Association. Kempt, okay. K-E-M-P-T. Right. means to be kept mm-hmm. clean, not not my last name spelled wrong. It means Love to be kept clean. Love it. So I'm a brand ambassador for them, and, and their sole purpose is for people in that industry to come together to lobby to get regulatory standards for that industry. And so we're hoping during this whole coronavirus thing that people really understand. But what it, what concerns me is that all things that are good and healthy for us those things seem to be the last things that we take note of, from from clean water to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cleanliness uh, yes. to our food that we consume. I, you know, I I am just amazed that none of us are farming, none of us exactly. eat clean, you know, okay. and so <laughs> we, we're, we're concerned that we're not healthy. No, we're not clean, we're not healthy, and we're not drinking clean water. You know, so there's just so many things. So I'm like, what are we really focusing on? So I really believe this this time is, is much for us to get back to the basics as it is That's outstanding. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just driving right on down my street. So so let me jump back uh, because I know you have to, to take off and uh, continue your work and put preparation for this. But what I hear is that, your town hall meeting is not just a town hall meeting. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to be totally involved in entrepreneurship. Uh, and my father used to tell us when we were growing up that don't always focus on being an employee, uh, become an right. employer, you know. So uh, so this is going to sounds like an opportunity where where you're going to have some open transparency and guiding and directing yes. people on how they can establish their businesses, uh, whatever help that they need. They may be able to reach back to wherever you want them to reach back to. Uh, just dialogue a few minutes on that and then reiterate everything because I, I know that your, your half hour is about up. That's all you could actually give to us tonight. But we want to continue on this week 
uh, because we're going to lead into Friday. So we're going to talk about this maybe on Wednesday morning uh, with a different group of people. And then on Thursday with another group of people on our radio shows. So okay. reiterate okay. everything and how people can find you and all of that. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. You know, and I, I want to say this, you know, we put this together, but I don't know if most people realize it's not necessarily not necessarily the larger corporations that are driving our economy. It yes. is the small to medium-sized businesses that drive every economy across the United States of America. So with that being said, and by Red Development Group, that, that's our clientele. We, we are a business development firm. And that's so correct. it was important to us that we brought groups of people together so we can have the right conversation that's going to continue to drive the economy in the right direction. So Community Forum is the name of the business community forum that we're going to have, very similar to what used to be called town hall meeting. And we yeah. tried to avoid using that because it's a new day. Sure. And I hate sure. to say new norm because I don't want to get back to anything that wasn't effective. So it's a new sure. day. So Red Talk Business Community Forum will be held Friday, April the 3rd, 2020. It will start at 2 o'clock, and it will be a one-hour session, one hour. And then from there, the questions that we take and that we're unable to answer, our co-host, which is the Metro Report, their online e-magazine, they will take those questions, group those questions, and the ones that we have, you know, there'll be questions that we get the same type of question over. Oh, those are going to be sure. the ones that they focus on first. And they'll probably even do certain spotlights of business owners because what's going to have to happen is that once we get back out there, people need to know that you, you exist, what your services are, what your new services might be. So whatever it is, they'll do spotlights on different entrepreneurs throughout Texas. And then uh, following the meeting, we'll, you know, we'll talk. But they'll be able to come on Zoom. Uh, mm -hmm. Your show will have a Zoom link. They can find the Zoom link on Red Development uh, Group. They can go to our website and find out more information. Uh, they can go to our Facebook page. And then on that day, we will come through. We'll be on Zoom, but we'll feed through Facebook Live. And a lot of people will have watch parties, specifically everybody on our panel, we're working with their social media team to make sure that they have watch parties on their end and that they get Thanks. the same marketing that we have, that they have it so they can get it out as well. And another reason why we didn't want to wait beyond Friday is that initially mm -hmm. our date to be back in the world was April the 5th or 7th or something like that. But when mm -hmm. they extended it, we felt like we didn't have – we. We felt like we didn't have the luxury of waiting. We feel like business owners need to know what all, you know, we're all getting bombarded by all, by all this COVID-19 information. But right. some of it's repeat, and some of it, you get it, and then it changes again. So sure. you know, we want to be in front of those people who, who know, they understand. Uh, and so that's what we're doing. Well, thank you so much for that, Ms. Reggie, and that's why we have to embrace our medical personnel, people who understand this uh, disease process a little bit better uh, than maybe political people. Uh, 
uh, politicians, you know, unless they're medical too, or that's why they have to take the guidance from people who have been involved in uh, infectious disease for a very long time, like, like Dr. Uh, Fossey who is a very brilliant uh, gentleman. We're going to put you in contact with our engineer, Ms. Rihanna, uh, and uh, she'll make sure that, uh, that we're all set up uh, for our uh, Facebook pages, our Twitter, and uh, whatever else, and then on our radio network, our website. So I thank you so much for being here with us today. You have just enlightened me. I was just excited when I got the phone call from you in regards to, um, to your forum. So we'll see you then on Wednesday morning, and we'll continue to have Thank this you. conversation. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, then now we're going to move on over to the second segment. And uh, Ms. Jean Russo, if you're there, if you press one, uh, and uh, you'll be in the queue. I think Ms. Rihanna has you open up, and you can come right on in. It's always a pleasure uh, to speak with you. How are you doing this marvelous Monday? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for having us on your show again. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello. Yes. Hello. I just wanted to uh, go ahead. Yes, I I was just about to say it's always a pleasure. You always bring us great people. And so we're excited to have uh, uh, Mr. Henry, I believe, that's going to be on with us again tonight. And uh, he was on one of our other shows. He has an amazing story. So, uh, so tell us about you and then how he's connected to you, and then we'll bring him in and we'll, we'll talk, let him tell us all about what it is that he wants us to hear about. Uh, Absolutely. His, uh, Absolutely. And for your audience who, who, is not, who are not familiar with me, I am Jean Roussel with Speaking of Success, and it is a speaker's bureau, and it is about people. It's about making a difference and being the difference. That is what really, really stands out, our speakers and the family of Speaking of Success that I call them. Um, Our clients, our vendors, and our associates are the world to us. And we do this globally. It isn't just about in our individual communities or the United States. It is global, making a difference, changing lives and impacting lives with the messages behind the stories. So this evening is no different. We have a gentleman, Mr. Henry Kellum, and he is just... Um, larger than life, I feel. Uh, he is yeah, just a yeah. wonderful, wonderful gentleman. He is definitely resilient, and he will be sharing a story. Now, Dr. McKellar, I always feel, and yeah. with all my people, our life mm-hmm. experiences make us who we are. Exactly. And his journey and the choices he's made brings him to where he is today. And his mission is to inspire others from all walks of life to be the best and to be the best that they can be, but to realize that he's got a story and he he started um, and had a very hard life in the beginning. And without further ado, I'm going to bring him on. Mr. Henry, are you there? Yes, I am, and thank you for such a wonderful introduction, and thank you to all the other ladies for having me. It was great. Thank you. Uh, Yes, thank you, uh, 
Mr. Henry, this is Dr. McKellar, and we're so excited to have you back here on Marvelous Monday. I think this actually is your first time on Marvelous Monday. We had you on our, our View from the Top show on Thursday, and so you had such an amazing uh, story, and we wanted to bring you back and let you share with this side of the audience out here. So welcome to Marvelous Monday, and thank you so much uh, for being here. I know unequivocally that uh, – that motivational speaking uh, is probably a, a pretty tough industry to get into, but because of Miss Jean, you've been able, along with your amazing story, you've been able to break into uh, the uh, the motivational speaking uh, circuit. And so, I want to make sure that the people here on this radio network gets the opportunity to hear from you. Go right ahead and just introduce yourself, and then we'll go from there. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Henry Kellum. Like you said, um, speaking is my passion. I really wanted to tell my story. Like Miss Jean said, I came up hard, so um, I wanted to be to the world what I wanted. So, you know, I just want to speak and try to give people some hope, some self-awareness of who they are and some of the things they can do when you feel like you're hopeless and you don't have much. And there's some things that we all have, some God-given abilities that we can all tap into. <clears throat> right. And I just want now, to spread that message. Very good. That's an excellent message. Just to introduce you, just tell us a little bit about you uh, and maybe what your profession is and, and just whatever it is that you want us to know as your opening uh, because people are anxious to hear more about your story. Some of the same listeners that we have on Monday night, actually, we have listening on Thursday as well. So, but just open up for those that that don't know what you do and, and a little bit about you and your background and so forth professionally. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, my name is Henry Kellum. I live in Los Angeles, North, uh, Los Angeles, California, with my wife and my daughter. She just turned four. Her name is Layla, the uh, apple of my eye. And um, mm-hmm. like now, I'm into this. I'm into storytelling. I like to say that I'm an educator through storytelling. And by telling my personal story, you know, it's motivating and it's inspiring. But at the same time, I want to educate people on, you know, who they are and the nature of who we are. And this virus right now is a perfect time because this virus is bringing humanity together because we all have a natural threat that's that's attacking all of us. And and it's attacking us on a biological level, you know, cellular level. So when I speak, I speak from a place of how our psychology affects our biology because some of us don't have different outlets and things, so we have to, you know, work with only what we have. So I speak on, like, the power of the word, and I can, you know, talk about scripture and science and how they all come together. But um, things that we can all do in our everyday practice to begin, and even now, we need to have a strong immune system. So the way we think and the way we feel has a direct effect on our immune system because when we think negatively, uh, cortisol is released in our brain and it gets into our bloodstream and it begins to weaken the immune system. So now more than ever, I want people to be aware of who they are and how we work on a biological level since this this, uh, virus is coming at us on a biological level. And to understand that our brain chemistry changes through our thoughts and fear and negativity adds stress on the system, which is not good. Absolutely. Very, very good. Well, I like, I like the way you have developed some uh, new fresh ideas and, and that you have a message that people want to hear. And not only that people want to hear, but people need to hear. That message that you just gave to us just then, 
That's why I I tell you, Mr. Henry, I believe in staying away from negativism because it's not good for the soul. It's not good for the mind, body, and soul. So you laid it out medically and psychologically, emotionally as well. And, you know, if we wanted to take it to another level, we could take it to the spiritual side. But yes, we could take it to the spiritual side. Go, go, go right ahead. <laughs> Dialogue with Because like, <laughs> like, like Proverbs tell us, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Then Proverbs also tell us anxiety weighs down the heart of a man, but a good word cheers it up. So, like, we can really break it down to in the beginning there was the word, the word was with God, and God became the word. Then later it tells us the word became flesh, and his spirit dwelt within it. So we got to understand how powerful we are. And I look at I look at myself as more than a human being, as more of a spiritual being, more of an energy being. Because if I live, I stay conscious of that. I'm gonna be conscious of what I say and what I think and how I treat people at all times. Because I understand how I treat someone else as a reflection of how I treat myself and how I feel about myself, and and things like that. So I think we need to take this time right now to re-educate ourselves, like the lady was saying earlier, on who we are. And maybe we don't yeah. need some of the systems that are falling apart if it wasn't working for all of humanity. We got to ask ourselves, how long could we keep going at the pace we was going as humans and even the strain that we was putting on the environment? So I think now, instead of looking at, oh, we on quarantine and we can't do this and we can't do that, to pause and think, what is the over, what's the big picture? What is the universe trying to tell us all right now on an individual level and collectively as a society? Because this can be the new paradigm shift, I think. Oh, very good. Now, what you just said kind of carried my mind to this level. And, and that is that you found your niche. Um, but but I guess the question that I have is what group of people, uh, what audience, I guess I, I would say, that, that you're trying to reach? Because I, I think that it sounds like that you've narrowed down uh, your niche and who you want to get your message out to. I know there's all types of people, there's all types of groups. And, of course, as Miss Reggie, who just left, uh, said that this uh, coronavirus obviously is affecting all of us, every one of us. Uh, right. But there may be some of us that don't quite understand. Our children uh, don't quite understand what is going on. We, we can expect a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and even uh, some of those that are in kindergarten, they may not exactly understand. So what niche of people, what group of people uh, would you say that your uh, ideal audience is that that considering what you've dealt with in your lifetime, who do you want to hear that message in particularly? Well, I, at, at the first group that comes to my mind, I would say kids at risk because I was an at risk child. I didn't have much and I want to definitely get my message to those people who feel marginalized by society who feel like they don't have much they don't have a family name they don't have any money and what can they do but on a bigger level I want to get my message to humanity and all because when you're speaking on like the power of words and you know certain spirituality things it affects it affects us all like the lady was saying with this virus you know it affects us all so when I speak I try to speak from a point of humanity 
altogether. But if I had to narrow it down, I definitely want to help some at-risk kids. I want to be able to provide them with some information that they can begin to believe in themselves. And I didn't love myself as a child. And when I didn't love myself, I engaged in activities that was kind of detrimental to myself because I didn't love myself. Wow, that's interesting. So what was it in your life that caused you not to love yourself. I'm, I'm always interested. And when I hear people say, I didn't love myself as a child because I was whatever, whatever, whatever. What was it that made you well, not love yourself? Okay. Well, every little boy wants his father. So I grew up by the time my mother's 16, she had her first child. By the time she was 18, she had three of us. I was uh, the middle child. My father was never there. So I had an abandonment issues and I felt like maybe I'm not good enough for my father. And why is he not here? And to make matters worse, he had another family, and he had two boys, and he actually took care of them, and, you know, he looked after them. So it was one of those things that that, that, that was just added fuel to the fire, like, well, he will acknowledge them, but he won't acknowledge me and my brother. And um, so I just made me feel like I wasn't good enough, and then I was hurt as a child because he wasn't there. And, um, yeah, so sure. I internalized that. that. Good. Sure. Okay, you, uh, you mentioned something else. Uh, while you were speaking, you said uh, there was three of us and I was a middle child. So mm-hmm. do you see a middle child syndrome as well? You, you know, you know, there's a syndrome, right, that says about middle, middle child, middle, middle children. Uh, I actually, there's seven of us in my family. My mother was an only child. She had seven children. There was three above me and three below me. I was a very independent person. I never knew anything about that middle child syndrome because, as a matter of fact, I thought all of my mother treated all of us and my father treated all of us equally. She made all of us feel really great. So I didn't hear about that middle child syndrome until I became a full-fledged adult and went away to college, and then I read about it. And I said, well, that doesn't apply to me. But a lot of people uh, said, you know, uh, that they felt that they were that middle child syndrome, that the the older child and the younger child got more attention than the middle child. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, you hit it right on the head. So with me, my mother had my her oldest child was a, a girl. So she had a girl first, and she had me 13 months later. My brother, who got killed, was born. So we was only 13 months apart. So the 13 months, I was the baby. I don't even remember that. So I remember mm-hmm. I was about seven years old. My mother said, you're the man of the house. So it was. she said, I got this girl I got to, you know, take care of, and I got these, you know, these little kids, because by, the by that time, I, she'd had two more little boys after me now. So it was one of them things to where I didn't have a curfew or nobody to really tell me stuff. So when people, that made me feel like, that um, I wasn't, you know, valued as much because, you know, well, you come in when you want to or somebody tell you be in at a certain time, it makes you feel like they care about you and things. But it was one of those things that I, I was independent all my life because I had to be. But when I was younger, yeah, I felt slighted a little that I didn't get the attention from my mother that I wanted. And then, of course, I didn't get any attention from my father. And that caused me to act out in class and in school a little bit because I wanted some attention that I never got. So mm, right. that's how that so, manifested so that, in my life. Okay. So that acting out, uh, you got mm-hmm. the attention. It was negative attention, but at least it was, it was negative attention. attention, but it was attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. 
Well, let, let me just share this with you, that you have an amazing way of uh, speaking skills, I should say. Uh, so how did you acquire it? And it could be that you're just a natural uh, because you can put your the contents of your material. You just put it out there. And I remember when you were on last Thursday, boy, I, I had to try to keep up with you because you were <laughs> spitting that, <laughs> that information out there. I had just to jump in there and ask you some more questions. But I love the fact that you have your message front row center uh, did you take college courses on communication because I, I know that what is your what is your degree background share that with my, us. My, my degree is in business management I, I've always been an entrepreneur since I've been young I had to be you know because we didn't have much so I had to strike out so I did that at independent but honestly when I was young they used to tell me I was going to be a preacher when from the because the number was like you're going to be a preacher. I studied you know religion and everything when I was young, but um like they say back home I had to get to gab. So you know as you can see last conversation I I love to talk so that's why today I said I was going <laughs> to dial it back a little bit and you know let you lead everything because <laughs> I get carried away. But it, it's it's one of those things that. In a group, and if I knew you, I, I've always been a speaker. It what happened was I had to get over that stage fright, so I took a public speaking class. I took a couple, okay. public, uh, I'm sorry, a public speaking class a few years ago, and I said, sure. "What's the best way to learn how to talk in public?" And I said, "Just talk in public." So I just threw myself right in the fire because I said I want to learn it. And they say the life you want to live is on the other side of fear, so do whatever Excellent. it is you fear. And since I feared speaking in public, I said, let me speak in public. And since I have, then my whole life has changed. And even now, I have to speak and tell my story because nobody can tell your story like you do. So it was one there of those things go. where once I felt like I had some type of value, it became easier for me to speak. I still had those negative voices that said, who's going to listen to you? Or you grew up in poverty. Your mother didn't graduate high school. Your father didn't wow. even care about you. So I had to go through, I went through so much of that in my head and talking myself out of it and things like that. And funny story, I, when I took the public speaking class, I went down to Santa Monica and I said, you know what, mm -hmm. I don't know anybody here. So if I bomb, it doesn't matter. I at least get it out of my head. And once I did it, it wasn't that bad. And I was like, you know what, I can do this. And it's been, um, I've Very been on the journey ever since. Mm -hmm. That's outstanding. So did you ever record yourself to listen uh, to yourself to see how you sounded because I would never think that you were ever shy and that you <laughs> have always been able to speak and that's that, that's amazing. I, I, I want to see you someday so that we can see <laughs> the gestures and the body language that you have because I, I, that's always appealing to me to watch speakers. I love watching and listening to speakers and uh, and see how they present themselves on stage. But uh, go ahead and share more more with us and, and you can even give us a little bit more of the background because I know that on our last show you mentioned the fact that that you, you were not born in California, that you migrated from the South, which is quite common in California. If you look at most of the people in California, they migrated from the They're South. They're not from right? here. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. yes. 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 So you came from yes, where? I, Give us a little bit. Right. Go ahead. I came from Wallace, North Carolina. It's a very small town on eastern North Carolina, down on the Atlantic Ocean. It's a farming town. Uh, plenty of, of different farms. We grew up, as a matter of fact, picking blueberries. The blueberries fields, and uh, they would pay a dollar and fifty cent a bucket. You could go in the fields about age twelve, and I remember my mother was sneaking me in about age nine to, you know, to pick blueberries because that's how she paid her day to day, made her day to day living. Sure. But um, 
Yes. So five years ago, I moved out to California. It was one of those things where I felt stagnant. I felt like I wasn't growing. I had all these dreams and ambitions. And I, you know, told my then, well, was she my wife then? Nope. Yeah, yeah. She was my (laughs) wife when we moved here. I was just trying to get my years straight. And I told her, it's either now or never. We didn't have any kids. And we said, you know, we can go to California and we can try this. And if it doesn't work, we can always come back. So we sold our house and we packed up and we came here. And and we've been here ever since. So my story, I call it Dirt Road to Rodeo. And it's more about uh, personal growth and transformation, about um, how I had to change my mindset in order to, you know, change my reality. And now I just want to speak to people about, you know, being able to change their reality and create the things they want in life. And that is possible. Right. And so you've marketed yourself uh, very, very well. I, I can see that. And, and thanks to Miss Jean, she's continuing to market. And then we're going to bring her back at the, uh, in, in about five minutes, and she can kind of okay. give us a little bit more about her speakers bureau and how you're on that and how they can reach you. But tell us your story about when you're, you're, you and your wife was driving, out and you could have been out okay. in Beverly Hills, and that yes. you saw this building. Go ahead. I like that story. Yes, yes. Um, me and my wife was vacationing. Well, she wasn't my wife then. We was vacationing in California for one of, for my birthday, and we was riding through Beverly Hills, and uh, was signed said, "Welcome to Beverly Hills." And I was like, you know, I'm gonna move to Beverly Hills one day, is what I told her. And as we was riding, maybe like a quarter mile after I said that, there was a building, and they was working on it. It was like halfway done, and they had a number on the side like for brokers. And I said, as a matter of fact, write that number down. We're gonna move in that building. And since we don't know anybody in L.A., we'll meet some people, and that'll be our base. You know, we go from there. And we stay in the same building. I called out here, and uh, they didn't have any apartments available. So we came anyway, and we looked some other places, and that little voice was like, call that other building. And I called. They had an, uh, an, a vacancy, and me and Dana went by. We looked at it. We loved it, and we've been here ever since. And I'm literally working. I even the, the way I met Miss Jean was through a gentleman that I met here at the building, and I'm literally okay. working with seven or eight different people that I met right here in the building. And it goes back wow. to one of those things: speaking into existence, you yeah. know. And and that's yeah. why I'm real big on the whole I am the speaking things into existence. And anybody that know me would tell you throughout life that I speak a certain way, and I and it comes to pass later. I speak it into existence, and then just keep going. So I say live life from the inside out. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, that's amazing. I have I tell you you have quite a story and from and tell me again it's from North Carolina from well, Carolina. Wallace, North Carolina. Right there. Yeah. Yes, but Dirt Road to Rodeo. Dirt Road to Rodeo. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody out there if you're struggling if things get rough just think about the kid from the Dirt Road and say if he made it to Rodeo, I can make it through this. Rodeo you know? Drive. Everybody yes, knows Drive in, in, in Los right. Angeles area. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of our co-hosts uh, that's a part of this show, Bishop Guillory, actually is from out in California. So, uh, so we're we're out there a lot. I have a lot of family members out there. So a lot of people migrated from the South out there. Any final comments of anything that you want to share with us uh, about anything about yourself? And then we'll yes, bring I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I just want to take this time to say, you know, uh, it was 25 years ago. My brother, he got shot in the head. He was uh, 13 years old. I was 14 years old. His name is Alex Gerard Kellum. And I told him, you know, he lay there. He had a hole in his head. And I looked at him and I said, um, I couldn't understand, A, you know, how somebody could kill a 13, 
you know, your old kid. I couldn't understand, you know, why him? Why not me? Why was I still here? You know, I felt like um, I had to make something of my life, and I told him that I would live a life big enough for the both of us. So me stepping outside of my fears and stepping outside of my comfort zone is because um, I'm trying to honor his legacy and his memory and, um, you know, pay it forward. So that's what I'm doing all of this for is so he won't die in vain. So if I can get this message out and if it can help somebody, then, you know, I can kind of help me deal with the situation. And I want to say one thing before you bring Gene in. I'm sorry. Sure, go right ahead. No, no worries. Go right ahead. Oh, when you when you think of me, I, I, it's a mentality, and you know, a lot of times I say I'm gangster, and I don't want people to get the wrong idea. You know, the word gangster has a negative connotation, but sure. when I say gangster, I'm talking about a mindset. I'm talking about a mentality, and I'm talking about the mentality of perseverance, consistency, and faith. And I think with the three with the three of those that we can accomplish anything if we persist. And if we can be consistent in our effort and if we have faith in the unknown and faith in God and everything, that we can make it through anything. So the gangster mentality is what I want you to think about when you think about Henry Kellum. Oh, wow. Uh, amazing. And uh, listen, I, I can't even imagine uh, observing my brother or any sibling at that very young age uh, being shot. Uh, right in the head, and you had to observe that. But I, but this, I commend you because you're able to release all of your ideas uh, about uh, your life story into the world. And so, in my opinion, you've gained a lot of credibility, and you you're expert at putting your message out there. And so, we thank you for being on our show. We thank Miss Jean for for bringing you in. We're going to bring her back, and then let her tell uh, the world. Uh, how they can find you and how that they can uh, get you down to speak with them in various areas uh, of the country because you have an amazing message that can be shared with lots and lots of people. Ms. Jean? Thank you so much, Henry. That was just beautiful. And every time yeah. I, I hear you speak, there's always something different that I pick up on, and, and it, you are indeed an educator. Um, and I hope your audience uh, this evening, Dr. McKellar, uh, just is able to feel the passion that he had in sharing his, his story. Um, everyone does have a story, and by all means, if they would like to visit Henry's website, and if, if you would like to have him as a speaker or a guest and if you could contact me direct at speaking of success inc at gmail.com and henry i'm going to let you give your email address please or your um website please yes, yes that's just my name henry last name kellum k-e-l-l-e-m dot com and I'll tell you what, you he never disappoints. He never disappoints. So, yes, thank you very much for sharing this evening. Yes. Thank, oh, thank you, you so, so much for having that. me. Mr. Henry, yes, I, I'm very inspired by your message, and I really enjoyed having you on tonight. And so I, you, you have a couple minutes to give any final comments or anything that you'd like to say about yourself in, as, in regards to helping to even market yourself even more so that people will be calling Miss Jean and, or emailing her and saying, I want Henry Kellum 
to come to speak to us. May not be anytime soon because we have to be safe, but there's all, but guess what? There's more than one way to speak, right? We can have webinars. We can have, uh, as you heard, uh, we absolutely. can have forums. There's all and the podcast, absolutely. And the podcast, we can, we, can, yes. we can get the message out there to people because uh, this is our new normal. And, and we can continue to do that. Any final comments from you, uh, Mr. Henry? And then we hopefully our next guest from California uh, will be on one of the physicians out there uh, that practice that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And final comments, Mr. Uh, Henry? Uh, everybody out there, everybody just find something to be grateful for. Gratitude will, will literally yes. change our life. And so just everybody mm-hmm. find something to be grateful for. We all are part of creation. We all here. Even though we're dealing with this situation, it could still mm-hmm. be a silver lining in the dark cloud. So let's look for that. And we get what we focus on. Remember that. Very good. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, Ms. Jean. Feel free to stick oh, around. Oh, thank you. Because there, may, there okay. may be somebody that's going to come on next, so you may recognize their name. And so, uh, Bishop Guillory, I know that I can hear you in the background that you're there. Uh, before we get going, we want to say happy Physicians Day. Uh, to uh, all of our great positions around the nation uh, that's doing amazing work. And so, Dr. Uh, uh, Bishop Guillory, if you would bring our guest in, and I'll turn it over to you, and you uh, feel free to interview, and I'll sit back and listen and enjoy this uh, interview. We're so happy to have him back on with us tonight. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Marvelous Monday show. I'm your co-host, Bishop L.J. Guillory, here in sunny but windy California. And uh, we've had our shares of ups and downs today. Uh, my guest today, we have two. Uh, we have um, Satra Zarita. She is the vice president of the Compton Unified School District. As many of you know, uh, president was set when our governor decided that uh, the school districts should uh, close the schools uh, to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, many of the school districts uh, recognize that many of our children uh, are not eating uh, in some of their homes, and uh, there are a number of them, as embarrassing as we may be as a country, that if they don't go to school during the week, they may not have food to eat. So... Um, Many school districts, Los Angeles uh, Unified School District, Compton Unified School District, and a number of other school districts across the nation have decided that they would continue doing their lunch programs and breakfast programs uh, for their students. And uh, so we have uh, Ms. Patrick Zarita, who we'll be calling in just shortly. Also, we have uh, Dr. Eugene Allen. MD. He has a facility or several facilities in uh, the state of California, Urgent Cares. And he's going to speak about the number of individuals who have been tested and have become positive. Now, I want you all to know before Dr. Allen come on that testing positive does not mean a death sentence. Uh, There is a need for you to 
quarantine yourself and to fight the virus. Allow your body to fight the virus. Uh, We are told that once the person has gotten it and has survived it, then they grow some form of immunity to it. And this is the plasma that they have been testing from those individuals to try to come up with a vaccine. Um, I have my mixed feelings about how our government is handling this situation. I have mixed feelings on the fact that there are countries that have extended their hand, their scientists, and their test to our country and someone, the President of the United States, is not doing what is necessary to show the leadership that would help us resolve this matter. This, uh, this could get very bad, and every day on Facebook, on other social media platforms, we're finding that we are seeing friends that we know, family members that we know that are uh, being affected, not just infected, but affected, people that they know that uh, are not surviving this. So uh, we're going to we're going to do what we need to do. Um, but I would encourage all of you um, to stay inside if you can. Do what your grandmother and your grandfather and their fathers did before. Uh, we were able to go to doctors' offices and hospitals. You know, eat your vegetables. Pass on the time. Uh, welcome, uh, Mrs. Zarita, um, Madam Zarita, Honorable uh, Compton Unified School District Vice President Zarita. Uh, I was just telling the audience a little bit about uh, what Compton is doing. Uh, and what it has done to continue to feed their students. Why don't you give us an update on what you all are doing in this uh, crisis situation? Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me to your show. It's always a pleasure. Um, We've taken a lot of great measures to support our families during this crisis, and most importantly, we're feeding Uh, youth in our community, not just our students. We're feeding anyone 18 years or younger in Compton that is hungry and needs a meal. So it doesn't matter whether there are students or not feeding them. And what we've done this past week, we we, uh, changed our distribution to two days a week. So that way we can... um, provide three meals and then two meals. 
so that way uh, our our families are not leaving their homes because you know we know that that's a great concern. So we've uh, modified our serving schedule. Well, we're making um, sure our students have opportunities to learn. Um, we've provided them learning packages, and we're probably one of few districts that have learning packages online that can be downloaded. And so people in districts all over are going to our website to download our learning packet. Um, we're providing online instruction and free access to online learning tools. And um, what, what we're doing is um, we're making sure that our AP students, our advanced placement students, can still access their advanced instruction and learning resources and can still take their very important advanced placement exams. And then we're making sure they have technology to take advantage of these opportunities. And so uh, we've distributed devices to um, a little over 80% of our students. They've uh, picked up an iPad or a Chromebook take home and use at home, and so we were concerned about students having connectivity, so we were making sure that they were aware that Charter, Spectrum, and Comcast all were providing free Internet to students, <clears throat> making sure that um, they were able to access the online learning. But we've gone a step further you know how we do it in the Compton Unified School District, brother. Well, what we've done is we've sought and received permission from our Verizon Innovative Learning Grant partner, and we're redistributing iPads that were awarded to our middle schools with Internet connectivity to students throughout the district that don't have connectivity. So we had about 350 students that fit that category that didn't have, um, you know, the Internet, and we didn't want them to have to go through uh, Spectrum and set it up and whatever else they needed them to do. So we worked with the partner, and so we'll be redistributing those um, tablets to students on um, tomorrow. We'll start that tomorrow. And then we're still enrolling students who uh, may want to come to the Compton Unified School District. We're still enrolling, and they'll have access to the same resources, including electronic devices like our current students. And so uh, we've just been busy working to keep our families up to date, trying to encourage them. Um, a lot of people, they uh, really respect and appreciate their kids' teachers now that they've been home with them and uh, it's not a spring break. You know, spring break, you might not think about studying at all. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to die, eat the eggs and run around and have a good time, but it's not spring break. So in order to keep kids um, on track, we need the parents to work with them at home and 
um, some of our teachers, a lot of our teachers, um, uh, we ask them to spend two hours a day. They get an hour a day to do lesson plans every day. But we're asking them to spend two hours a day online learning, and that means sometimes just doing office hours with parents who are struggling to help their kids and uh, or assisting students that are having difficulty or challenges. And then, you know, some of our uh, educators are having a good time. I mean, I have more adults trying to figure out the problems that some of uh, the teachers or some of the school sites put online for the kids to answer. I mean, I think that post that I did has probably more responses or comments than any other I've had in the past month. So You guys uh, are having fun with it. it. Hmm? You all are having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a critical time. You know, kids are afraid and not necessarily of the coronavirus, but kids are afraid when they see their parents in a panic, you know, or yes. or if they go in the grocery store and there's nothing on the shelf, you know, right. that's um, psychologically frightening to young kids. So it's important that parents maintain uh, a sense of calm so that their kids are calm. You all have been constantly in contact with the students and their families from the inception of this uh, crisis. And uh, I want to give you a public uh, kudo for the very professional um, manner in which the school district is dealing with this. I don't see kids running up and down the streets. Um, I know many people that live in Southern California and probably around the world now because it's all over the YouTube where these kids went to a party in L.A. And the deputies, the police officers had to break it up, and they were very disrespectful. Uh, they First of all, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. It violates the stay-at-home order. But – you know, when I look at what your school district is doing, and, and Dr. Brawley, whatever you all did to get that gentleman, you guys got a professional that knows how to deal with emergencies and crisis situations. Uh, you know, sister, I, I don't know, and, I, and I'm all over the county, I'm all over the state, uh, I've never seen uh, the streets as quiet and as empty as they are, and to know that students are standing in their own houses and, and and taking this for real, and you know trying to stay within the guidelines so that they can live through this that's important uh, I think that in the beginning, maybe they didn't believe that they thought it was a fake news or a hoax or a Democrat hoax. But somehow you guys were able to uh, communicate and convey to them that this is serious. And then by giving them their uh, these pads and iPads and their homework and telling their parents they have to stay at home with them, but they can come and get food. Now, you know, t- t- tell my listeners how you're 
you guys are not just giving them a bag of lunch or a breakfast in the morning and they come back tomorrow. Explain what you guys are doing as far as the feeding program. Well, well, we're giving them breakfast and lunch for each day. And like I said, we modified our service. Now we're doing it two days a week. So that way we're giving breakfast and lunch for three days in a row. And then they come back the next day and get breakfast and lunch for the next two days. And, of course, if we have people with special needs or or we know people are having challenges, we we know how to adjust things to make sure that people are serviced. And we don't want any child to go hungry. Um, for that matter, we don't want any of their parents to go hungry. But we are doing our part in the entire community, not just school districts, as I said. Mm-hmm. Anyone 18 or younger who is uh, requiring a meal, we have it. I, I, I do appreciate that, and I think that it makes it a lot easier for uh, the county authorities, the state authorities, to do their job when you all have done an exemplary job at keeping the kids out of the way. And, you know, they're still getting their lessons and they're still being fed. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share that you think is important? Because you're not just a, a vice president of the uh, school board. You are a mother, and uh, you are a daughter, and you are a community leader. Uh, is there anything else that you think that should be done or could be done to help in this crisis situation right now? Um, I think people need to take it serious and um I do that. I'm in a situation myself right now uh, where um, someone that I work with um, has the virus, I guess. And, um, you know, I'm I'm in limbo. I don't know whether I'm supposed to be quarantined or, I, you know, I just don't know. So I think it's really important that uh, people communicate. Um, so that way, the the unknown is often scarier than what's coming. You know, just not knowing what's going on is oftentimes um, <clears throat> very scary. And, you know, this situation is really unnerving. But, you know, with uh, Compton Unified School District, we, we, we're resilient, we're positive, we're strong. You know, um, we appreciate our employees. We have many employees. Uh, the the lunch ladies are still uh, coming to work because somebody has to distribute the meals. So they're working to make sure that um, our families are fed. Our administrators, I mean, they're working 12-hour days um, every day. And the reason they are is the situation is so fluid that, you know, one day we're going to be back open by Easter, and then the next day it's like, okay, well, we're going to be uh, close to April 30th. So with so many changes and, and, you know, really not knowing what is happening, it's uh, it's really uh, a fluid situation. So that is, is uh, causing our administrators to have to be there and be there for 12 hours a day, 
you know. Well, I don't want to to pry and please tell me if uh, because we're going to have. We've had a couple of doctors on the show earlier, Dr. McKellar, and she, I know her and Rihanna are sitting there uh, waiting because they have, may have a couple of questions for you. But when you say that you're, you don't know whether you're positive or you because you came in contact, did you come in contact at the Compton High School District or did you come in contact at home or where do you think you came in contact? Oh, at work. At work. Uh, City Hall was open to the public. Um on uh, last week, all week, you know, and um, it was kind of scary. Um, I didn't go to work for two days because I said, you know, it's just too scary for me. And with my, you know, underlying health issues, my elderly parents, um, and I actually had a minor surgery scheduled for the 27th of this month, and so. That's been rescheduled, and I certainly don't want to get sick um, prior to, uh, you know, taking care of those issues. So it's just unfortunate that I have no idea what to do. And we got a really big, really big, really big thing going down tomorrow at Compton High. You know, we're we're, uh, building our new Compton High School, and tomorrow we're demolishing one of the buildings. And I was excited about being there with my pink construction hat. But now I don't know if I'm able to attend. Wow. Wow. That's um I did see a uh a post that uh Councilman uh Isaac Galvan posted regarding someone getting infected and I tell you, I was very uneasy when I found out where that, what department that person worked in. No, I was hoping, but I didn't. I wasn't going to speculate. I wasn't going to get, you know, uh, start calling around and making anybody nervous. I definitely wasn't going to call your sister or your mom and ask. But I'm glad that you are at least going to go and find out. And I think once you find out, you'll feel a lot better. Uh, it is difficult not knowing. And that's one of the situations that I find myself in every day when I'm here at the airport or I'm, or I'm out uh, at the office or somewhere and, you know, people want to shake your hand or, you know, you know, do like we used to do. And I'm telling them, hey, listen, I got an 86-year-old father who's battling cancer. I can't do that. I'm sorry. You know, I've always had phobias about my handshaking anyway because of the sweat and different things in people's hands. But now that this has come along, uh, I used to have a, a situation that was as bad as Roseanne, where I used to bleach and wash my hands so much that the inside of my hands just would crack up. So, yeah. Yeah, from the alcohol. Yeah, and I just, you know, say, uh, you know, with this unknown, we have to look on the bright side. And parents that have their kids at home, this is a good time for them to bond and enjoy their children. You know, we're always in a rush. We're always rushing to get somewhere or we're tired when we get home from work or we we don't have the opportunity to sit down with the family and eat. Now you got the opportunity to do all those wonderful things that you're not able to do. And and who knows uh if you'll ever have the opportunity to do it again because now we all gotta catch up. 
Right. You know, uh, when this is over, that, that's another unknown. Where will we be when this is over? You know, we'll be $200 wealthy. That's a joke. I, I didn't hear you. I said that we'll be twelve hundred dollars wealthier. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> with a fifteen dollar price tag. I said it's the same. One of the furniture stores is already advertising what you could buy with twelve hundred dollars. Well, what's sad to me is that the price tag of the twelve hundred dollars is two trillion dollars, and I don't know how people can look at this and say. You give money to certain companies, you loan money to small businesses, and you give a drop in a bucket to the people themselves. This is crazy. I, I would prefer you keep your twelve hundred dollars and me not to have to pay the taxes on on, on that two trillion. How about that? Well, it's just more of the same. Can can we deny it? I mean, they 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 send us they have your account. They're gonna just put it in there. I'm wondering, can we deny? Can I, I said, no, you can keep your 12. I don't want it. I don't, well, I don't see, <laughs> see uh, by the time people get that $1,200, we'll have been into this uh, four, six, eight weeks. Right. You know, so uh, people, I don't mean, yeah. be, you know, some people, um, they the price that they pay for that $1,200, you know, um, is, the price that we all going to pay for that $1,200 because some people will be so deceived that they believe he's the greatest thing since life bread. Right. You know, so we got a lot to deal with. Right. So, Dr. McKellar and Rihanna, I know you all know. Love oh, let me say food. hi to Rihanna before I go. Hi, Rihanna. Can you hear me? She probably has her phone on mute. Okay. Well, give her my yes, I, I think I heard her, but let, let me just say good evening to you, ma'am. I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, this, this is Dr. McKellar, and actually I know a lot of uh, people in the uh, Compton uh, ISD, past retired ones, Miss Lois Hale, one of my one of my dear friends oh, there. Okay. And so, okay. Yes, I'm sure you know who that is, but... Uh, but I appreciate you being on. And, and so you, you said a couple of things that, that just perked my ears got wide open. So if you think that, that you have been exposed to someone who actually has COVID-19, is that what you're saying, that you think that you were, you were around someone who is a positive? Yeah. Okay, so then if you've been around someone who is a positive, then there are a few things that you really need to do for yourself to make sure that you're well taken care of, and that is for the next 14 days. If you can't, first of all, if you if you can get a kit so that you can be tested, that would be first and foremost. And I know that they are, they are commodity uh, right now across the nation. We're working on trying to get some here in Texas, but, but you should uh, – you should put yourself in quarantine for the next 14 days, if, especially if you cannot get tested. If you can call and find out uh, if you can come through a drive. I don't know if you guys have a drive-through 
uh, there in the Compton area or somewhere in Los Angeles area. But I would try to find a kit so that I could get tested. Uh, And if you can't find one, you absolutely need to quarantine yourself for the next 14 days. I forget all about uh, my opening tomorrow of the new high school. I would not go anywhere. (laughs) Yes, I wouldn't go anywhere. That's what I was saying. You know, I've been home. I haven't left, you know, and that's what I was saying. Of course, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to infect or pass anything on to anyone else. As bad as I'm going to hate missing that event, I'm going to have to miss it. If you have someone someone in your home, I don't know if you live alone, but if you have someone in your home, then you need to isolate yourself in your home and certainly uh, your parents as well because I think I heard you say you have aging parents. And then you you personally may have uh, some... uh, area that that you are concerned about so I would totally isolate myself for the next 14 days because on that 15th day if in fact that you are positive and as you know that you can be positive and not even have any symptoms and of course Mm -hmm. I would monitor what the symptoms are and you I know you know what they are uh, the shortness of Mm -hmm. breath the, the coughing all of those things but I would isolate myself away from everybody and then I eat well drink well uh, warm things, uh, hot soup, hot soup, water, warm water, uh, not a lot of cold stuff into the system, and just get as much rest as you possibly can. Forget about all the things that's going on in Compton and just take care of you first and then go from that point. Well, I appreciate uh, all of your advice and the wisdom, and I just want to say this. I'm, I'm Praying that I'm immune. I was so sick in January and February, and and I had such a bad, bad cough. I went to Kaiser three times in a matter of three weeks, and I'm just wow. praying that that's the was back then, and because mm-hmm. I was traveling, I was on an airplane at least twice a month. Wow. So uh, I'm not. Sure, but I'm I'm praying that that's what it was. Um, and did you have a temperature? Did you have a temperature? I I had a temperature, and I went to like I said, I went to Kaiser three times. The first time wow. I went, bless your heart. They gave me, they gave me antibiotics, and he said that he thought he saw fluid behind my ear, and so mm. he gave me a series of antibiotics, and it didn't work. So the next week I was back at Kaiser, and I said. You know, he gave me these antibiotics, but they didn't do anything for me. And she checked me, and she said, well, maybe I hear a little something in your chest. So she gave me antibiotics, and they didn't help. I was still coughing. So, you know, I'm just hoping that I was one of those that may have gotten it early on and didn't know Mm -hmm. uh, because some people uh, are positive and don't have any symptoms. Well, let me see this. Right. We have Dr. Eugene Allen on the phone, MD, from Urgent Care, from Dust to Dawn Urgent Care. Welcome to the show, Doc. Uh, we have uh, our our dear sister, Dorita, uh, who have a couple of questions. So why don't we start with those couple of questions, and then we can go right into what you've been doing for the community with regards to this COAD-19. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bishop. So, Hi, Dr. Allen. How you doing? 
I'm I'm good, thank you. I, I heard part of your concerns. Uh, uh, I may ask you to repeat the question so I may be able to give you some enlightenment. Mr. Bishop, what is my question? Well, she has been working around someone, and they have uh, been tested, and they were told in the city that uh, they they have a positive person um, that worked in her department. Okay. And, and have you had any symptoms? No, I haven't had any symptoms. Okay. So the CDC requirement is is, is pretty much uh, exposure to a, a employee or, or a coworker that that has uh, positive COVID nineteen or coronavirus test uh, bias pretty much not the true criteria it has to be a fever. Uh, however, I have had some um, some leniency in, in those cases. Uh, I had a a young lady uh, to actually uh, present herself to the uh, urgent care. Um, with the same exact uh, symptoms, she is a she worked at a healthcare facility where a patient um, came in positive and her coworker came in positive. She only had body aches when she came to me. She came to me with body aches. I then did a COVID nineteen screening test and she came back positive. Uh, and since then, she had three of her family members from the house that came in and those individuals was negative. There have been cases, as I heard the last part of your conversation, where individuals have had no symptoms and has tested positive. What I've been fortunate to do is if you have any exposure, whether or not you're symptomatic or not, I think you should at least um, go by and, and uh, to a testing facility and, um, um, and get tested. Some of the funny things I, I want to say is, uh, and I use it as an analogy, uh, around Christmas, there's a lot of people that talks about they're going to do a toy drive, a toy drive, a toy drive. But well, one of my patients said, Dr. Allen, everybody's doing a toy drive, but they never tell us where to go get a toy. Everybody's talking about testing, tests and tests, but as Bishop is bringing to the show, no one is telling you where to go get the test done, and I think that that's 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 where I come in, as I've established locations where you can go and have the same conversation, and if necessary, get tested. Amen. So, Dr. Allen, I have a question now. How long does it take uh, the test that you're doing? How long does it take to get the results? Uh, we've been fortunate. We started off with LabCorp. LabCorp was the large entity that started the process, uh, and everybody was using LabCorp. That's why the test uh, actually was uh, so uh, scarce, if you can say, and so finding tests was an issue. Uh, following that, we, we and that test usually took six to seven days. Uh, following LabCorp, we, we entered a new relationship with a new lab, and now the tests are taken at least one day, 24 hours. I'm able to get the results back. And I'm now trying to move even in a, another uh, direction where I found a company who can give us the results in 90 minutes. Uh, they've just received FDA approval as I'm trying to become more efficient for the community. Uh, early testing, early quarantine uh, prevents the spread of disease. It's the individual that continues to go around without knowing, as you were speaking of, that continues to spread the disease. 
Okay, and one more question. Now, what is the test like, Dr. Allen? Um, it is a simple test, and I, I would ask you if you Google at Dr. Allen L.A., Again, Google at doctor like at aol.com or at um, um, gmail.com. If you Google at Dr. Allen, D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-A, not only do I show you what the test is like, every day I show a person that comes to the clinic getting an example uh, of, of, of being tested, and I also show an example of when I do get a person that's positive, as I've been fortunate to find five positive tests in the Los Angeles area. I show you what the results look like. So I encourage everyone to go to there. It'll show you what the test is like, the criteria reporting this to the CDC, the criteria reporting this to the public health department, what happens after you, you come up positive, and it also talks about you can actually get uh, the disease can pass, in about two to three weeks, and you and you and you can run across another individual and get infected again. I encourage everyone that that I can to look at that site. And again, that's Google at Dr. Allen D R A L L E N L A, and it gives you an everyday account of what we're the saga that I say that we're dealing with out here on the front line regarding testing, regarding how we keep people quarantined in the car. Uh, regarding how to keep the uh, environment safe. So if you do come to a testing environment, you don't have to worry about uh, catching the illness from here, quarantining and isolation. Everything you need to know uh, regarding uh, COVID-19 testing out in the field on the front line is there, and I'm trying to do a good job every day of keeping people aware of what we're dealing with uh, out here uh, in, in on the front line. Okay, Dr. Allen, did you say you could get reinfected? Absolutely, and that's what people don't know. And they don't know neither that the N5 that everyone is talking about, the KN95, is only good for five hours. And that when they talk about reusing these masks, it's only good for five hours. Antimicrobial um, component of it is only good for five hours. The KN99 mask is good for three weeks. There's a lot of mis- misinformation that's not, that's not brought to the public's attention. Uh, and that's what, those are things that I address for those individuals who are fortunate to follow me at Dr. Allen L.A. so they'll see what's really going on and get a real clue of what the front line is like. And they start talking about making masks. They start talking about uh, uh, not uh, reusing masks. You, you go right into an unsafe environment where now your ability of getting exposed is as though the person that didn't have on a mask. Okay, and one more question, Dr. Allen. I'm going to go to add Dr. Allen, L.A., but I just got enough. Is the test with that nose swab? Yes. Yes, it's okay. a nasal swab. It's a nasal swab, absolutely. All right, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> now she's scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doctor, can you please talk a little bit more about what the uh, what CDC said that you have to have the criteria in order for you to administer the test or like the prescription? Um, early on in the in the uh, outbreak of the illness, there was strict strict criteria uh, for testing uh, people who need uh, who, who possibly have the COVID um, 
uh, virus. Uh, and because of the lack of tests, we were very, very strict about who tests and who didn't test. But the uh, FDA, FDA has stepped in, and now they're giving uh, patents to uh, individuals to move forward just to kind of produce enough tests for individuals to receive a test. But again, it becomes available to test, but then there is no one or no one trying to test individuals because they themselves are afraid. The literature showed yesterday that a doctor out in Riverside tested positive for the COVID-19, and he infected 78 people uh, that was coming through the, his, 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 his uh, clinic there. Uh, the idea now is if you have any potential uh, symptoms uh, and, um, that can be associated or have been around someone or even working in an environment where there's a lot of individuals in close contact, uh, it may be, may be in your best interest to get checked. Remember, early detection is the, is the uh, uh, key here. I've been fortunate to test five people, and only one of them have, uh, and to this day have, uh, is in the ICU because of the uh, coronavirus. I'm not going to hold you home. Tell us what you came to tell us on this show. Uh, enlighten us. Uh, what I found is, is, is as the movement is, is going in the right direction, there are a couple of concerns I have. Uh, my first concern is is the the statements uh, such as the test is free. Uh, I think that that those things should be addressed in in where 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 are the free tests? Who's giving you the free test? Where's the funding for the free test? The second thing is if the tests are free, then who's going to help um, 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 the physicians or the providers? who are scarce now, especially since the disease is spreading, and trying to keep them on board, who's going to help with these expensive um, gowns, cap, masks, uh, and paperwork that's needed. Uh, and so I, I, think, I think at this particular point in time, uh, it's important that when we, when, we, when we say or we address that, that things are free, that there's an outlet or resources to obtain those free things so the public can then receive what's being said. Uh, it's difficult now to keep doctors from 70 to 107 bucks an hour to work, staff who don't want to come in unless you're paying them 20 bucks or more an hour to deal with the virus, and to buy these booties and hats that you have to throw away, and those things are expensive, uh, and believe that, 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 we're, that these things are free, or actually to even uh, 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 believe that we have 60 to 90 days for the insurance to, to, to pay you when, when you when you have to keep uh, some type of uh, flow going on a repetitive basis in order to meet the needs of the community. Uh, I, I think now uh, if there are resources available that we should be able to tap into those resources immediately uh, in order to keep the front line going. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and when we make statements uh, of things are said that, 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 that tests are free, then the access to those free tests should be given and what lab we're going to use uh, right. for those free tests should be yeah. given because the lab's not going to try to do it for free. Uh, right. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure about that, that the, those concerns, but on the front line it's impossible when patients come in and say what I was told, the, the, the test was free, uh, to, 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 to try to make sure you maintain integrity uh, with them and say, well, well how, how is it that we're going to keep the front line going when there is no funding uh, that's coming 
in, in this direction. So uh, yeah. that that's one of my concerns. The second well, is the the, the misawareness. Uh, let me put a pin right there. I think Bernie Sanders you got a lot of people in this to free, free, free. And then our president and CDC and all of these other individuals have put this information out there. I know Dr. McKellar is back there smiling, but um, you're paying out of your pocket, uh, your staff, uh, for your gowns and your your masks and your things and and the tests and all these things. You're doing this not only if you have one site that you set up, now you set up three other sites that they can be tested. But I agree with you, and I did get on the phone, and I did contact some of these public officials that are out here uh, having, having press conferences with the governor and saying, you know, this is what we can do and this is free. Because in this area, you are the only one that I know that is even doing tests in this area where we are, in this region of South Bay. And many of the emergency rooms, they're doing pre-tests just uh, just to see if you have a fever, and if you do, they turn you away. Now we just got the Mercy ship shipped into Los Angeles so that they can thousand people in it, turn and they got a two trillion dollar bill passed and signed by the president of the United States. But I don't see any of that money, and I know that you don't see any of that money, and I applaud you for what you're doing. But you're right. That is something that we really need to address. And Dr. Keller, I don't know what they're doing in, in Texas, but I can tell you in California, you drive around on some of the streets and some of the communities, and you will find that these people are taking this as a holiday, you know, <laughs> and they're expecting their family members, their friends, their people. And it's a, it's a shame because when they're talking about the peak in two weeks, the peak in two weeks is going to come from these people staying out, Getting infected, affecting all the people that stayed in when they go in. So, Doc, tell me, tell me what we can do to help you help us. Uh, I, I, I think right now uh, there's a couple of things that 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 would make sense, and, and my words don't actually get to uh, uh, political powers. There are a few things that make sense. One is if individuals themselves uh, paid or uh, any source paid for their test, that they should at least be able to deduct that from their taxes since we're making them have insurance as a way to make sure that the people now stop believing or, or counting on, on government to, to save them and, and step forward. I think if you are out waiting or perceiving that there's going to be something free, you're just putting yourself at risk. The longer you wait, if you have symptoms, assuming that there's going to be Something shipped to your house, or that they're going to we're going to they're going to be a creation of some type of um, um, uh, uh, area. I think if that was going to happen, they'd already have the public health uh, or department or some actual location where all of us would be to go there and, and get tested and, and move forward. Um, no one is stepping out in, in the administrative uh, line and 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 even giving you a place to to go get tested. They're just saying we're going to send out all these tests and all these domes. Everybody's saying that we need tests, we need tests, as I said but with my Christmas analogy, but they're not telling you where to go get tests. And and for the guys like myself who are doing testing, we can't afford to wait 60 or 90 days for your insurance to pay us 
when all these all this all these equipment all this stuff that we need to function out here including the tent are expensive uh and to survive so um, um one of the key things is 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 if you're sick then move forward i'm not saying that administration those individuals aren't trying to do what's right i think these guys have a heart and they don't want to see the com- com- country suffer but i do know that if you are sick and politics takes a little longer then you should go get tested and figure out later uh, what are they going to do or where, or where, 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 where the finance is going to come. That may not come until July, August, because, you know, it takes this person to sign and that person to sign. And by the time we get in the funding, it's, it's going to be a line of, of, of people that, that have their own vested interests that may not be out here on the front line, that they're not out there swabbing noses, as the young lady has said, or they're not out here with, gown and mask and, and hoping that them and the staff don't don't get ill behind the illness as the death rate increases and the number of infection increases. Um, uh, I think if you, there, there, there may be, I'm sure, I hope God is blessed that there are more individuals like myself that's on the front line that's saying, we're here, we're going to test, we're going to work with whatever parameters we have. If God blesses us to get funding, we will, but if not, we're going to keep moving. And if you don't have uh, um, um, access to testing, we will, uh, and, and we're going to be here for you. Um, I, I, I think by t- about the time that someone actually comes to the front line, the, the front line, and when I say front line, I'm going to say the small front line, if you will. Uh, I don't have the, the namesake that Kaiser has, or not to say anyone bad or Cedars or whoever. I don't have that power. And so what's going to happen, those individuals who are sitting closer to the mayor, to the, to the, to the uh, president, they're going to get the money first. They're going to feed themselves and their establishment. And the individuals like myself, and I thank Bishop for bringing to the attention, are going to be the last person. I don't know you exist. Uh, you, you don't have a name. Uh, but as I do put up numbers single-handedly, I put up five cases uh, in, in Los Angeles. Now, that's more than UCI. And at this particular point, I'm more than Mar- Martha King Hospital out here in L.A., and that's one individual. Uh, as, as I continue to stand and when I say put up numbers, that means uh, I've tested and confirmed five, uh, now six positive coronavirus individuals in, in Los Angeles, uh, and that's single-handedly. What main reason I expanded, if I said that if I increase my area, I can probably be more effective. Uh, uh, with, with, with making the numbers better in terms of having the availability to treat, as you say, this neighborhood. Public health now are sending people to the clinic. Blue Cross, Blue Shield are sending people to the clinic. The, the, the community themselves have recognized that, that you are here, and they themselves are spreading the word, go to Dr. Allen if you're getting tested. Maybe at some point this message will get back to uh, a person that has the ability to say, well, okay, let's let's at, at minimum, if we can't do anything, let's let's bring some some uh, those space suits, as the, uh, the patients say, for, to the rescues. Those things are going for twenty-five to fifty bucks each. The goggles are going for at least fifteen or higher. The hair bonnets are going for seven. The booties that we put on our shoes are going for three. Uh, um, and so the, the, the that's just it. To to actually put on an outfit. And test a person can run you anywhere from forty-five to sixty dollars just to dress up and go in there and deal with the virus. Uh, that, that's just that part, and, and not counting the physicians. Uh, uh, and, and then where are we going to go or what we use for the lab? So um, I don't know if there's going to be 
any any true help soon. I think there's going to be a lot of talk before. But that 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 my main focus, irrespective of that, would say as the lady in this case, irrespective of that, save yourself, come and get checked if you need to, and, and don't wait for someone to do something for you. Because if, if by the time that happens, that you, you may have a disease, and it can be deadly to some people. Dr. Allen, we have uh, pictures of go, – Dr. McKinley, just one second, and then I'm going to turn over to you. Can ask uh, Dr. Allen, I'm looking at a picture that I posted on Facebook, and it has a picture of the physicians that are dealing with uh, patients in China, uh, uh, Korea, uh, and uh, 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 England. And then I look at the picture of the American doctor uh, yourself. The, 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 the hazmat uniform that they have and the face gear and the gloves are totally different from what we have. Why is that? Uh, because they they have the, the they have the exact real real material that's needed, and if, if you really want to see, you want to look at what the where the where the origination of the virus start, which is the Chinese culture. These individuals have been exposed enough to this disease to know exactly what to wear and dress and protect themselves to prevent the spread. Because it's new to us, we 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 haven't really figured it out. And uh, uh, if we looked at, at, at what they have, we would definitely have copied it immediately. But since, since we, we have, since it's new to us, we're, we're, we're using our same old techniques where these individuals have been, been had this disease and, and it has spread rapidly and they, they have not actually cured it. But if, if you take the, the uniforms or the outfits or, in this case, the, the uh, gear or wear that the Chinese are using, that is what stops the spread. And that's that goggles, face mask, hoodie, bunny, um, uh, a N95 and an N99. They have two masks they're wearing. They wear two sets of gloves. They wear uh, their actual scrubs, and they wear this face suit on top. And then they have the booties that comes up like, like boots, like rain boots, up to their, to their knee. And, and, and then they, uh, almost like a, a respirator-type mask that they have when they go in the room, and they have their eyes covered. So and when they go in, they, they, they see the patients and they come out and they throw the gear away, making sure they don't recontaminate themselves by using it. They have these videos on that tell you the proper gear uh, for staff when they're dealing with the dealing with the uh, coronavirus. Here, because we don't have anything, you see us with, with, with some type of gown to protect ourselves, maybe some goggles or gloves to make sure that, that no sputum or, 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 or secretions gets into your face. And, and, and gloves, uh, um, we're, we're not properly armored. Now, now, the reason is it may protect your, that, 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 that you in that environment, but now you walk around and you still got your clothes on or, or, or you're not properly covered. Now you can affect people within the clinic and or, sorry, there's a paramedic unit just passed by, uh, and or you could affect people at your home. So they wear exactly what's needed because they've had enough experience with the disease to let you know how serious it is. Uh, we're still in the, in, in the it's okay, it's not going to bother me stage until the numbers hit so high. Um, sorry, they're, they're, um, I'm in an area where, where, the, where okay. there's a lot of uh, okay. uh, activity. 
It's just you know how anything from the, from the listeners, Doctor McKellar. I know you had some a couple questions. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, sir, I want to say a happy uh, Doctor's Day, and we appreciate you and the nurses and all the medical workers for all the great work that you're doing there at the front line. I actually serve on the uh, task force, the COVID-19 tax task force here, and it's composed of. Uh, the uh, health department, the city, the counties, all of the ISDs that are in our area, and we put actually funds together. I, I'm so proud of uh, East Texas, Smith County, Tyler, Texas, where I live, for how they've organized our task force, and we're on the phones every morning, every day from 9 until 12, keeping up with the data, keeping up with the changes, uh, keeping up. We actually have the plastic shields uh, that you're speaking about, uh, but we're so short on supplies, and my task has been to find more supplies, and we've been able to do that. But you're absolutely correct in the fact that we're not we're not handling this uh, like it should be now. People are, are off the streets here in, in Tyler, Texas, because Friday they said, we got to shut it down. And the only way that we can get that bell curve to flatten out is that we have to keep people at home. And that is the one thing that I see that people were not taking seriously at first. And so I thank you for all the great work that you're doing there in the uh, Compton, Los Angeles area. We need more of you out there on that battlefield that's working. We have the medical society. We have the nurses society. We have the colleges. We actually now that our hospitals are filled, we're using our colleges because nobody's there. We're setting those up as dorms, I'm thinking as our hospitals. The dormitories are used as hospitals. And then our um, National Guard was activated uh, today. They're not deployed yet, but we took one of our closed schools, and that school is going to be the headquarters and the housing for our National Guard once we're activated. So we have a really, really uh, organized uh, task force that's really got a handle on what is going on in our area. Thank, thank you for the comment. I, I, that, that, mm -hmm. I, I, sometimes just a little appreciation is, is all we need out here. Absolutely, appreciation. I, I, I'm part of the medical profession. I understand fully. I'm a cl retired clinical nurse specialist from the military, so I have great compassion for what you're going through uh, every single day out there on that front line. I hear about the stories every day, hear from, from the people that are in our hospitals here and how they're screaming for supplies and screaming for more test kits. So thank you so much for that. I wanted to ask a question. Um, the 29 doctors have died um, working with patients on the front line in New York and other places. Uh, Dr. McKenna, question for you too. What do you think is needed after, after we, we deal with this, after we battle this, to ensure that we never have to deal with this like this again? The unpreparedness, Dr. Allen, you first. Uh, um, uh, uh, can you? I, I, it was kind of. Uh, I, I didn't quite get the question. Uh, can you said twenty nine doctors have died since the uh, co Corona 
virus has hit. And I'm asking, after we, 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 we battle this and we win, what do you think we should do to ensure that this never happens again, where we have doctors on the front lines and nurses on the front line dying because there's a lack of preparedness? Today, uh, the governor said that we received 170 broken ventilators from the president of the United States. Um, I, 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 I think it, 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 it's just like in any battle. Um, uh, uh, when you go to war, you, you, you didn't know what the other team had, and, 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 and you didn't practice. Uh, this one was, was, was a, a, um, a, a warfare where, where there, 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 there's, there, there's no real physical uh, individual to, to bomb, fight, or shoot. Uh, and and be, and because we we didn't expect it to be in in this viral form, um, it, it took over. Now now mind you, we should have had some clues from the swine flu. Uh, that was yeah. the uh, bird flu. We've had multiple mm-hmm. entities where there where there have been similar uh, mm-hmm. incidents. Uh, uh, blue, they're exactly right. Uh, and mm-hmm. and and we um, we 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 should have had a, a readiness package like. Like we do for uh, an alert for any 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 sort. Uh, I think I think uh, being uh, mentally invincible is was our was our was our fault. Now here is why I say that. We had plenty of time to prepare. We saw China dealing with this, but we didn't prepare. Right. We saw right. we saw Italy and Europe dealing with this, and we didn't prepare. Yeah. So we can't say, oh, now we're gonna do something that is us. We we had enough time to say, okay, let's orchestrate, and so when it comes here, we're ready. I just think uh, 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 we, 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 we're just too overconfident that, that no one can, can, can touch or no, no entity or, or power or whatever can, can, can create chaos in our, in our in, in the United States that, that, that some people are still in denial that it's going on. They, they, they still want their life to be normal. They still run around like, like there's no curfew or I don't understand why the freeway is closed down or why they can't go to the bank and, and, and they still in denial because we, 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 we get a perception that we're invincible. But, but I, I think the, the reality is when we come back to the table um, um, and, and, and we deal with this leadership, but new leadership, um, when it comes to protecting the people, I, I, I think the biggest lesson here is going to be once any attack happens, we must go inside and prepare no matter what. We could have made our own N95s. We could have made our own ventilator. We could have actually had enough time before it hit America so we weren't, uh, um, you know, uh, asking tremendously for someone to help us. Or, or if you watch the, 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 the bidding wars where the ventilators here isn't uh, so much and then New York asking, so now the guy's saying, well, if you can this much, then, I want this much from from California. We wouldn't be caught in this 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 time of, of of running like we're scared and not knowing what to do. When clearly we saw this this coming, uh, I think preparation. Right. Uh, first of all, taking a a, a a big beating, which is what we're doing, is going is going to make the survivors understand that that this, we 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 can't do this next time. Any any warning. Uh, will 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 bring about the 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 people in power or the the, the our our voted officials to to start working from their angle. So the the the, the, the smaller people, the the nine to five guy or the guy that cuts the lawn, 
he, he won't have to deal with this. This uh, the administration or people in, in power will have already put systems together where we would know what to do and how to respond. Even if it got to this level, we'd it had been so much calm and confidence of where to go, fallout, housing, shelter, food, elderly, gasoline, essentials, non-essential working place. It had been so orchestrated like a like a, a safety drill that we would have just went right into what we know to do and we just stayed there until it passed. That's great. You know, Bishop, I want to jump in on that, that as well. And, and thanks, Doc. You're absolutely correct when you said drill. Uh, it reminded me of, of the military. We trained every single day for war, even though it took a long time before I ended up going to war. So we're going to have to handle this just like we handle fire drills, tornado drills. Uh, we got to be trained up for this. Uh, webinars, both, uh, Doc, you have to do your CEUs, I have to do my CEUs, so we have to have continuous education on this so that whenever this happens to us again, because this is not new, we've had SARS to hit us before, uh, as you know, and so we just have to be prepared for this once it happens again, because this is going to be our new normal, uh, would you say, Doc? So that's how I look at it. we got to be trained up, whether it's webinars, uh, however, we get our CEUs, our fire drills, our tornado drills. We're going to have to have a uh, corona type drill so that we can be prepared and we'll have the equipment uh, down the line. Thank you. Well, I, I would like to make sure that our, our representatives know that we're going to take them bringing partisan uh, arguments into a emergency situation. You know, I feel like they have grossly uh, neglected their duties. Uh, I'm sorry. Also, um, Dr. McKellar, you were, we were talking a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, the, the, the states uh, barring people from going from one state to another. Mm-hmm. Did you all get did Did you all get a uh, memorandum saying that if you were in one state uh, and that state is infected, you can't there's a quarantine period before mm-hmm. you can be released into another state? Exactly. Uh, in particular, uh, Bishop, the uh, Louisiana, because of the fact that they went ahead and had the Mardi Gras, and they have a lot, a large number of affected people there, and they're trying to leave out of Louisiana and come into Texas. And so it, they can come. Uh, they're, they're tested. If they're not positive, then they put them in quarantine for 14 days and they're allowed here. But they, if they are positive because of the fact that we have, and this is, I'm only talking about my city, we, we don't have any space uh, to accommodate more sick people because we don't actually have space to accommodate the sick residents that are already here. That's why we're having to work toward using the colleges and the uh, closed schools to set up hospitals. We have special hospital that's going to be for special needs people who have uh, the corona. And uh, then we have a special hospital, a special facility that we're using for medical personnel who become sick. And then we have to find a child care areas for uh, the medical people. So we just didn't have the space to, uh, to take care of, uh, medically take care of people from outside, from Louisiana. That's really the, the uh, state is Louisiana. 
So if they come and they're not tested positive then or not running a temperature, then they are in quarantine for 14 days and they can be here. Otherwise, the others that are positive, they may have to go back to Louisiana. Doctor, do you want to say anything before we close out? Um, uh, I, I I just want to bring bring and I, and I, and I just anyone is having symptoms at any point or they believe that they've been exposed. Early detection, early detection. If you yes. don't have any symptoms, please get checked. And if so, then now we can deal with isolation and prevention and stopping the illness. If you if if we get to a point now where you are sick and and you see if you see any of the videos I have, now you are sick. By the time you find out you have symptoms, you probably been infected a a, new, a a a lot of other individuals. So I, I my 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 only uh, you can you won't be able to beat this illness other than detection uh, and finding mm-hmm. some type of quarantine. What we're talking about because it's self limited. But the faster you can find out if you've been exposed and, and, and you can get away uh, uh, from others and not continue the exposure or put yourself up if you have tested and then you negative and you get back in this environment and get, and get the in, uh, infection again because you can, you can yeah. actually get tested and then and, and now you, you don't have the illness anymore, but you can reconnect, you can find, you can get back in society and get it again. If you have mm-hmm. been exposed, get tested. And, if, and, 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 and at that point, we can kind of pull you away from everyone else. They talk about the peak of the illness. Um, 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 and that, that, that's subject to question because there's areas where, where we, when we start talking about the homeless or the indigenous who block out or, or, or self-quarantine, that still that still would be out there. Um, um, we don't know when this peak is going to happen. But if you do have any exposure, potential exposure, get tested. Early early detection, if I can say anything on the show, is the key uh, for, for slowing down the spread and then taking those individuals and then isolating them uh, where, where we won't continue to allow, that, allow the, the perpetuation of this disease. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Allen. <laughs> Thank you, too. Thank you, too. Yes, sir. Okay, Doc. We appreciate having you on the show, uh, Dr. McKellar. We appreciate you uh, and the work that you're doing as well. Lorna, thank you very much. And uh, I'm I'm real excited to say that uh, we at least got another show. We hope we can get a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bishop, for having me on the show. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Good night, Bishop. Really? Thank you so much. Good, Good night, night, guys. Okay, Doc, I'm going to turn it over back to you and to Rihanna. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you so much. And it's just a pleasure to have Dr. Allen. It's, just, uh, it's hurtful that there are not more people that are out there uh, helping uh, Dr. Allen take on this task. And so I think uh, one of the key issues is organization, organization. And so the cities and all of the health departments and everybody should be working together and the ISDs working together as a team to make sure that these patients are well taken care of. Thank you so much, and thanks all to everybody that's been listening to Marvelous Monday. It's always a pleasure to have you. Please come right back here again on next Monday and join us information. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, if you're there, uh, it's all yours again, and we'll talk to you on next week. Bye now.
One day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, his spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon is to stay peaceful We sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord. My eyes have seen the glory. One day when the glory comes. 